Are you ready to bring your real estate game to the next level? My name is James Prendamano. I'm the CEO and founder of Pre-Real. And over the past 25 years, I've closed over a billion dollars in transactional real estate. Each week, I'm meeting with outstanding investors, high-performing individuals, and visionaries operating in the real estate space. These are the people that are actually out there in the real estate game right now getting it done. This podcast aims at bringing anyone's game to the next level. This is the Pre-Real Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the show. Uh, We're going to go through an interesting exercise today. We're joined by Grant Warrington. So Grant is the principal and co-founder of Warrington Capital. He's out of Trenton, Michigan, and he's he's going through a a process growing his business and his portfolio. And we thought it'd be a lot of fun if we can jump in and and kind of walk through those steps as he's going through it in real time. And I know many of us are, are looking to raise the bar and raise our game, if you will, uh, on the investment side. So first of all, Grant, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, James. I appreciate it. I've been uh, looking forward to this this interview, so I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Us too. Uh, it, it's always great to to connect with folks that are doing what it seems everyone is trying to do now that operates in our space, right? You know, find ways to scale, uh, to do this a little bit more efficiently and to get to the next level. So um, it's great to be able to connect with people and and pick up the tips and tricks. And it, this has been like a crazy experience for us on the podcast. Do you do a lot of shows? Uh, I do. This is the third one this week, actually, that that I've done. It's it's nuts, right? You get into this world and the connections start to come out of everywhere. And it, it's been, uh, everyone's been wonderful, you know, in, in our experience, at least. Yeah, for sure. Same here, same here. Good stuff. So why don't we talk uh, a little bit about background? So first of all, you have to excuse our surroundings. We have uh, further shutdowns in New York. So um, it's difficult getting in and out of the studio. So please bear with us over the next couple of shows as we do these remote. But uh, if you could talk to the audience a little bit about about your background, you weren't necessarily in real estate, you started in construction. Yeah, correct. So uh, yeah, I can just jump right in. Um, I was a, a union crane operator, construction worker in Michigan. And um, I, you know, I'm third generation, my grandfather was my dad, myself. Um, I worked my way into into becoming a business agent. Um, I worked for the union. So I, I had a great job, I had a job that everybody really strived for. Um, you know, it, it was a great position. I was able to give back uh, a lot of benefits to it. But, um, you know, during that time, my wife and I, you know, we're 100% partner uh, in, in all this. We're, you know, 50-50. And um, we started, you know, we said, you know, we want to buy um, our first single family rental. And, and that was kind of our goal. We met in like 2014, my wife and I. Um, and we bought our first rental in 2014. And, uh, and that was it. We bought it before we were married together. And we kind of ran out of money, but we, we literally ran out of money. I shouldn't say we kind of ran out of money. We ran out of money, ran out of ideas, you know, through network, we met some people and found out how we can grow. Um, and, you know, we, we put some, we, we did a lot of crazy things. So we bought a house, you know, I sold my, my truck, my boat and my pool table to put a down payment down on a, on a home, on a duplex that we still own today. Um, I took out personal loans. My wife took out personal loans and we threw a little credit card debt in there. And we bought a house. Um, so we've done everything we could to, to buy houses, um, package them together 
um, you know, into a blanket loan. And then we, you know, after we, after we rehab them and um, we refinance them and just move forward. And that's how we grew. Um, so, you know, I, I'd been in construction 23 years. Everything was great. Um, but I knew I wanted more. I wanted to be out of it. That was the end goal. Um, but it really didn't hit me until, um, you know, it was maybe 2017, uh, I, I believe. I don't remember exactly when exactly it was. But I, my boss asked me to do some things and um, I, I just didn't really agree with it. Right. So I just morally, I did, I didn't agree with it. And I, I said, I, I really don't want to do that. And he said, well, hang on, why don't you meet me at the Starbucks and we'll, we'll discuss it. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, shit, you know, you know, the feeling, right. You're like, yeah, I know what's coming next. You know, I, I, I want to be, I wanted to be a good employee. I wanted to be, uh, to do good. Right. Um, and, but I just said, I, this is just how I feel, man. I, I can't do that. And, uh, so I'm waiting on him and, and literally my, my mentor, my, my friend of mine um, sent me a text as I'm sitting there. I, I don't talk to him all the time. Every couple of months we, we would talk to each other, but uh, he just happened at that moment to send me this text and I look at it and uh, it was a picture of a check for $625,000. And it said my biggest check to date, he had just refinanced a bunch of property. And I was like, Holy shit, man. I'm in the wrong business. I got to go, dude. I got to go. I got to get out of this. I mean, instantly, right? I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking gone. I don't know how. It's one of those things that you know it, but you know, you don't have to know how you're going to get out of that, out of, out of that job. Right. But I knew I was gone. And I'd say three months later, um, I was working for him full time. He needed a director of operations for his property management company. I ended up overseeing like 800 units total, including ours. And, um, you know, in, in Northeast, uh, Southeast Michigan and North, Northern Ohio. And uh, that was it. I was gone. And, and, and that taught me though, um, you know, I could quit that good job. I could quit that, give up that pension. I could give up healthcare. I could give up all these things that I had that my whole life I was programmed and told, oh, you, you can't quit, man. Look, look at what you got. You can't, you, you know, there, there's nothing you can do. And, and I quit and I, I went, wow, I can. I mean, so that, that changed my mentality. Um, you know, and then that property management job, I, I told him I'd give him two months there. I'm sorry. I've given him two years, you know, and about 16 or 18 months into it, we bought a 20 unit, um, we were at 30, 30 some units at that point. And, uh, I, I didn't have any time and I was just working day and night, man. And my wife's like, listen, 11 months, you're going to quit, you know? And, and she, my wife just counted it down. I was already a realtor. And, um, so my wife said, you're just, you're going to sell residential real estate. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Everybody knows that I'm in real estate. We were buying and selling for ourselves. So it made sense to do that, but I was starting from zero, from nothing. So when I quit that property management job, um, I went to making zero. So I consistently took pay cuts to get closer into full-time real estate. And uh, that's what we did. And, you know, I quit that job with $18,000, the second job with $18,000 in the bank. That was it. I mean, we, we owned rentals, but we were putting all our money back into the business. So we had to make some big sacrifices. That's what we've done through the years. But, um, you know, 
it, it was crazy. We probably didn't do it the right way, but you know, that was three years ago or so. And we're, we're still here. And, and this month, January, um, we're going to be financially free. Uh, you know, we're going to start actually taking some bigger draws on our properties um, just because we're set up now to do that. So we're finally now realizing that uh, financial freedom, which is, which is fantastic. That That's amazing. So a, a lot of ground to cover there. Um, it's, it's funny how we get signs, you know, like I'm a big, big believer in that, by the way, you know, like that, that text coming in that moment with that check, with those circumstances, yeah. um, I'm a big believer in the universe all ties this together one way or another. Uh, and, and for you, you know, uh, it, comfort is like the biggest enemy of, of progress, right? When you, when you have a decent job and, and you're comfortable, it's very difficult to trade that in and to trade in the surety of a check in order to go out to the complete unknown. And, uh, you know, you see, I call them the, the TikTok investors. You see hmm. these people that are all flash and pizzazz and they look great on, on social media. Um, but that's not what this business is about. Like this business is, it is tough. This is a yeah. grind of a business, man. This is not easy. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you know, we we found that out. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, man. We've sat like Monica, like I said, is my wife, and we're you know we're we're both a hundred percent in this together, which is fantastic. And we'll always tell each other, like, you can't have a down day. Today's my day to have a down day. And and that that was our rule. Like, you can't be down, man. I'm down today, so you need to pick me up. And I remember back in the early days, we. Um, we would look at you, look at each other, you know, you got to imagine, we told our family, Hey, we're quitting our jobs. Right. And, uh, you know, we didn't get a lot of negativity, but you know, everybody's looking at us like, what in the hell are you guys doing? And we would say to each other, like, Hey, is this going to work? And, and I, I'd look at my, my buddy and I'd go, he did it. I mean, he had one single family home and he did it. Look where he's at now. It's gotta work. Um, so it was a grind. It wasn't easy. I, I remember one, one quick story. I was in uh, Lowe's parking lots this is early on. We maybe had six, um, six single family rentals at that time. And um, I was in Lowe's parking lot in Allen Park, Michigan. And uh, it was December 17th. And I was soaking wet. I worked all day. And now I'm picking up material for the rehab. We had a contractor, but I had to get the material back then. I'm soaking wet. I'm sitting in, in the car. And I just broke down, man. And I can still feel the emotion today talking about it. I, I broke down, dude. I was bawling. And I'm like, is this worth it? Is it really worth it? Well, I could just quit and be done with all this bullshit. And so I, I said to myself right then, I, I put a note in my phone, in my calendar to go off every year at that time, that exact time with a question, is this worth it? Because I knew if I didn't quit, that Grant Warrington is going to be in the future getting this calendar message. I knew that sitting there. I thought in the future, you're going to get this message and you're going to remember back to what you felt and where you were at. And you're going to laugh, you know, or cry, and uh, which sometimes was the case. And, and I did that, right? And that was like uh, four years ago. And I can honestly say this year, December 17th, that went off. I put a post on it on Instagram. And um, this year, I can honestly say, yeah, it's worth it because it 
it's not a get rich quick. It's a get rich over time. And, and that's how you build wealth. And, and I, and this is really, like I said, um, we're going to be able to pull some more capital out of our business and, uh, and, and really be financially free. So yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, you're right. That was a long story there. I know, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's, no, that's, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's great. And I, and I think people need to hear more of the other side of what really goes on with this business and the intense yeah. amount of sacrifice and delayed gratification and, mm-hmm. and risk straight up risk. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of, a lot of folks in the business now, uh, have seen one market, right? This yeah, market yeah. has been rock solid for as long as I can remember. I, I've, I've got in the business 25 years ago, 26 years ago. Wow. So I've seen uh, a couple of markets come and go, and I understand what it's like. And I just had a discussion with, with a, a young associate the other day, um, explaining as they were looking at a, a potential syndication. And, uh, you know, they're, the numbers to me were a little bit tight. They were a little scary. And, mm-hmm. you know, the rationale was, well, the, you know, we, we won't lose our money. We, you know, maybe we can't get it out at that point, but we won't lose it. And I said, look, man, uh, I've seen markets where it doesn't matter how good the deal is. It doesn't matter how well it cash flows. It doesn't matter how strong your sponsor is. Mm-hmm. There's no debt available, period. You cannot get out of debt and restructure right? If you need to refinance, a lot of the, the loans now are these three and five-year notes, mm-hmm. uh, and you've got to recast the debt at the end. And everyone's assuming, well, in three to five years, rents will be up another 30%, and you know rates will still be low. So of course we can step. No, that's, that's not how this thing works. And a lot of people have been calling for rate hikes for a long time. We haven't. We think it's now. Mm-hmm. We're, we've gone out and said it, and we will continue to say it. Uh, we feel that the next two years is going to see a significant, steady series of rate hikes. We're watching the 10-year, the uh, year over year last year. It was the biggest increase since 2013. This year, it's cracked 1, 1.6, it cracked 1.7. The signs are all there, right? So there's not, uh, it's not always this, this wonderful market that we're in. So we caution people. Um, to be aware of these things. And there, there is risk out there. And again, we, we saw deals where uh, there was a portfolio in particular mm-hmm. that was um, two condo proje- projects that were, one of them was completely built and ready to be sold. And the other one needed maybe three or $4 million to finish. Uh, the debt service between the two projects was 83, 84 million this was it was a it was such a no brainer what the the note was being offered at we knew the note could be bought for about 24 25 million bucks the sellout between both buildings conservatively was 150 million this was just a win 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 um and of course we underwrote it as a rental just in case and man for almost 16 17 months we couldn't find any lender that was willing to come in and backstop that note. Now, this was after the 08 crash, right? So there was a bit of an anomaly there, uh, but we're in another anomaly right now. And we don't know what debt's going to look like in a couple of years. Yes. So as you're, as you're making these investments and you're out there making these moves, people don't quite always appreciate the immense amount of risk that we take 
in this profession that we have chosen. I, I think your story is, is really unique in a few different ways. So you said you mentioned this uh, mentor at that point. Was there was was there anyone else in real estate that had been influencing you? And how did this mentor come to be, be a mentor if you were yeah. a business agent at that point? Sure, sure. So I, I just to let you know, um, you know, I got into real estate. I, I've always been interested in real estate since my early twenties. Read books. I bet I bought Carlton Sheets. If you remember Carlton Sheets, yeah, um, I, I bought his program. Um, read read books on it, and in two thousand two, um, I bought. I ended up buying two thousand two, two thousand three. I ended up buying three single family rentals. I paid way too much for them. Um, I, I didn't know anything about it. I, I wasn't mentally right to do that in my personal life. Uh, I didn't have any knowledge to do it. Everyone ended up owing me $5,000 each tenant. I didn't know how to manage, how to evict. I didn't know any of that. And um, it was a nightmare. So I had to declare bankruptcy. I gave that money. I, I gave the homes back to the bank. They were in great condition. Um, gave them the keys. I was the only investor in it. And I was out. Um, so fast forward, I always knew I was going to get back into it. Fast forward, my, my wife and I, she was my girlfriend at the time, you know, we made the decision. We both had this passion about it. We knew we wanted to do it. So we got back into it. We, we buy one single family. Um, and then basically we're, we're out of money. So I go to a networking event. Uh, my, my wife didn't go to this one, but I, I go to a local one and I'm like, I might as well go. I mean, I don't know what else to do. We're new in this business. Bigger pockets is the only thing I I, I had to you know help me in the beginning. Sure. And uh, so I went to a local RIA and I see this kid sitting there and he had a hoodie, you know, just wearing a hoodie. And uh, he was young, man. And there was like 10 or 15 older people, you know, in their 50s, all standing around him. He's sitting down. They're all standing around talking to him. You can see they all wanted to talk to him. And I'm like, man, who's this kid? You know, I mean, you could tell like this kid, these people want to talk to him. So I went up to him, long story short, we had a coffee. I think at that point he owned 60 units, maybe. Um, he was maybe 32 and, um, you know, we, we hit it off and he gave me five things to do. And, and people asked me, what were the five things he told you to do? And I don't remember. I've asked him, he doesn't remember either, but he said, Hey, do these five things, you know, and, 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 come back to me or whatever. And I came back to him and he's like, you're the only person that's ever done that. <laughs> you're the only person that's ever done what I said. And I'm like, well, I just don't know any better. I, I'll, I'll do whatever you say. So, and I did that. I just, he would tell me, Hey, here's what I did. I took on some, on some big risks. Sometimes it's hard to sleep at night, but we, I took on personal debt, credit card debt. I did anything I could to get my hands on money to grow. Yep. And we said, you know what, we're going to do that too. And that's what we did. We just followed in his footsteps. And uh, the funny thing is, you know, if, if you want to fast forward to today, um, three months ago, I rode in his helicopter uh, to a to an apartment investing event, um, apartment association of Michigan held an event and uh, at, at an airport, and we landed his helicopter and and some of these these guys there had, uh, you know, some had 3000 units, some my, and my buddies got, I think 800 personally owned and, um, some have 3000, some have 20,000 and one had 60,000. And we were, they were showing us their jets 
And uh, it, it was amazing, though, because, you know, you say that, but it, people are like, you know, those same guys are like, well, how many do you own? I'm like, well, 41, my wife and I. And they're like, that's fantastic. Keep going. This is the best thing we've found to be able to build wealth. Um, so it's just cool getting in that kind of a room and getting around those kind of people. Um, it, it really shows you what's possible. And that's, that's where I'm at now in my, my life. I needed to get into bigger rooms. I just joined GoBundance because I needed to be around people that are doing bigger things. And, uh, and, and it's just huge to, to get in those bigger rooms for me personally right now where I'm at. Yeah, um, no, no doubt. I, I had a limited, and two, I, just real quick, I, I, when, when I got to those 41 units, you know, I, I had this uh, underdog mentality, this you know, like I said, oh, we did it with nothing, blah, blah, blah. And we get to 41 units of scrappy, like Rocky, right? And uh, that only takes you so far. And I hit a ceiling and I realized that like three months ago. And I'm like, I I can't go any farther with that mentality. I'm not going to own a thousand units telling everybody, yeah, we did it this way and that. That needed to change. My story needs to change. And it all starts here, right? So I knew that. And that again, that leads me back to go abundance. But that's why I, I got involved because- I need to change my story. And, and that brings me to where I'm at today. So, so your, your 41 units that you own with your wife, um, do you have any other partners there? Is there any GP LP structures? No, nope, just us. We're the only one, just us two. Own it. All right. So you, you realize that owning 41 units where you don't have, because that's another little thing that you <laughs> yeah. learn in this business, right? I've met a lot of folks that, um, own a thousand, two thousand, four thousand units, and and when you you dig in a little bit, um, I, I guess owning one percent of those four thousand units means you own four thousand units. And I'm not knocking that no. that strategy. There is an a massive amount of equity and wealth you can build uh, through that type of investing. Um, where I rub up against it a little bit is when there are the operators that have a bit of a chip in their approach and they are not necessarily the most helpful folks. And that's where I have a little bit of a problem with it. So do not in any way feel owning 41 units with just you and your wife is anything short of friggin' outstanding, man. That is absolutely tremendous. Congratulations on it and good for you. That's a huge accomplishment. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. No, it, it's no need to thank me. I mean, it's, that's just <laughs> a fact, man. It, it's a, that's a big deal. So those 41 units, uh, how did you, what was the structure like? Were you, were you focused on a, a, a cash on cash return? Were you focused on the, mm -hmm. the delta between your debt service and expenses and, and your, your gross? What was, what was the motivating factor for you in these 41 units, what's the secret sauce that makes Grant go, that's a deal. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. So with us, basically we just, we would just run numbers on it. Like anyone, anyone would for the single families. Um, and then I think we got to 11, those single families. And um, my wife's like, you know, if, if we want to make 10,000 a month, let's say a hundred dollars a door easy. Right. We'd have to buy a hundred single family homes. Right. And, yeah. um, and I'm like, I can't do that. That is so much work. This is this. We're just putting everything into it. So we're like, let's start buying apartment buildings. And we're like, all right, well, let's buy books. We'll, we'll transfer to apartment building podcasts, things like that, apartment podcasts. 
And that's what we did in 2017. And we, you know, I, I had an investor call me and say, Hey, pick a house out. I'll buy it for you. And I'm like, man, my, my whole investing career, I waited for something like that to happen. And I had to tell him, I go, I'm sorry, we transitioned out. We're not doing those anymore. We're, we're going to be in uh, apartments. Um, so basically, you know, what did we look for? How did we, how did we tell this is a good, if it was a good deal, um, you know, we'd run some preliminary numbers and if we could afford it and they were willing to sell it to us, that's how we bought it. I mean, that's basically it. Like the first one, how I, and how I found the first one, I, I started telling everybody we were buying apartments now. I told everybody, I, I felt like an idiot in the beginning because we didn't own any apartments, but I told them that's what we're doing. And um, I told the, the city inspector at one of our single families and he said, hey, why don't you call this woman? She owns a bunch of properties. I called her and she said, why don't you call this guy? He owns a 20 unit apartment building. And I, I actually knew who he was. So I went into his store and I said, Hey, I'd like to buy your building. He said, all right, how much? And we, uh, excuse me, we couldn't really come to terms. We, we walked away from the deal and a year later came back to it. And, um, it was 20 units, $625,000. And, uh, in my hometown, which is a great blue collar hometown, I think his average rents were 480. So we knew they were incredibly low. This was, uh, we closed on it in 2000, January, 2019. So 480, incredibly low. It's a long story there. I won't get into all that, but he lost it to the, lost it in taxes. We, we ended up getting it back for, helping him get it back so he could sell it to us. It was, it was a mess. So we thought we, we knew we could get rents up to 650 or whatever it was. I, I forget at that point. Um, so we knew this was going to make money. It just needed so much work. So long story short, uh, 480, um, 16 months later, we, we actually bought it on a land contract, seller financing. Um, that saved us a ton of money because we didn't need all of the uh, money for, for the bank, appraisals, things like that. So it saved us money there. Uh, we had the down payment. We had some other rehab costs, but we borrowed uh, 50000 from a private lender. And um, and we were in business. And then what, what we had to do, though, is all the cash flow that came in, we had to put that back towards rehabbing. And that's why we couldn't take money out for ourselves. So, yeah, we own property. but We were poor. Um, it's just the way it was. So the the great thing is we bought it for six twenty five. So we put one hundred twenty five thousand dollars down. Uh, 16 months later, we refinanced it and uh, we took a loan out for 800000 So we got a check for $300,000. So that was awesome. So we put a little more back into the building. We paid off plus the interest to our investor. Um, and then we took all of that money, all the money we had in the deal now was in this check. And we actually found, I found another building off market and we bought that 11 unit. And that was our second building. So that's how we did it. So when you say, yeah, what, what, um, what, what, what did you go through? We really put some numbers down. We used Michael Blanc's deal analyzer and okay. um, it, it made sense on paper. Now today the rents are, uh, they're a touch low right now. Um, it's winter and we're going to, we're going to go a little more in the spring, but we're at eight 15. Um, our, our rents are at eight 15. So we're proving the 815. We're going to go for 845. I mean, rents are just going crazy, but uh, that that's with a rehab unit. Every single one of these prop these units needed to be rehabbed. They were in rough shape. Water leaks were everywhere. It, 
it was really a nightmare, but uh, now it's a really nice place to live. So we're really excited about it. That's great, man. So who's who's handling the day-to-day management and the uh, the leasing of the units? Are you self-performing that work? Yeah, yeah. That would be Monica Warrington. That would be my wife. Yeah, she's, <laughs> uh, like I say, when I say we're in this, you know, we are. She handles, uh, you know, takes the phone calls. Um, she's a leasing agent um, you know, handles scheduling, uh, maintenance, rehab work. Um, you know, I'm in charge of acquisitions, dispositions, um, anything to do with the loans, um, you know, uh, finding the mortgage broker, things like that. Um, major construction, finding contractors. And then, but she handles the day-to-day takes all those shitty phone calls, um, you know, and, and does all that, that part of it. We're at a we're at a tough time because around forty units, and this is another thing that that's great having. I always say try to find somebody uh, ten times ahead of where you're at. So if you got one unit, find somebody with ten units and see what they're doing, what they did, and uh, you know the, the great point is, you know my my buddy has told me like, hey, when you get to forty or fifty units, you're going to have a problem. That's where most people stop self managing; they don't grow anymore. Because it's right around that point, you're going to need to start adding some people because it gets too difficult. That's why. So, I asked. Yeah. And, and that that's where we're at. We're right at that point. Now, our goal is to put 16 units on another 16. I want to buy a 16 unit building this year. And uh, we, we want to put a full time maintenance person on. And in saying that, walking through that with my buddy, you know, talking about it, too, he says, well, that's cool. But you want me to tell you your next problem? And I'm like, yeah, let me let me know. You said your next problem is you're going to need scale again. You're going to need to grow again because you're going to need to put a second maintenance guy on because the first guy isn't going to show up. You're going to have problems. You're going to have, uh, he's going to need time off and you're going to have so many units now that you, you really can't, uh, you really can't do that. So it's just cool talking to somebody and seeing that I already know, right. My steps that I need to lay out. And, uh, it's just real cool being around people that uh, are a little farther along than you. Well, it, it, it's critical. Uh, it, yeah. What, what it is, is it gives you, if you're paying attention, it gives you a, a real glimpse into the future. It yeah. gives you a, a, a sharp look at what's around the corner before you get there. And, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. So yeah. without a doubt, when you have the ability to, to tap those types of resources, and today, the, the, just the world has made it so easy to connect and to find folks that are going through, which is why I wanted to share and I wanted to, to get into this podcast because I know a lot of folks in the audience are making that move now also, and, and they're taking those steps. And it's so, so important to, to really reach out and listen to folks who are there and who have been there. Um, you know, one of the big challenges we have here, Grant, in our home mm-hmm. market is the, the legislative threats, uh, something that continues to... Uh, pop up kind of at the top of our SWOT analysis is we're looking at the overall strategy where we want to go as a company and where we, what we want to do uh, as far as investments are concerned. What is the the legislative climate like out by you uh, from a perspective of landlord tenant? Is, is it favorable climate? Is it is it a changing climate? What are you seeing on the ground there? Uh, it's it's pretty favorable. Um, you know, um, there's no. Uh, um, rent control or anything like that. I, I know there's there's a bill that they're trying to to pass to get uh, cities to be able to 
vote individually on rent control. Um, but, but right now there isn't any, um, a 30 day notice, you know, starts the, um, the eviction process. If you have to get to that, um, you know, we've been luckily six years, knock on wood. Um, we haven't even gone through a full eviction. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We've been pretty fortunate. We had a really, really, really bad tenant, um, on this last, the third building we just bought, we learned a ton on that, man. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy, but, um, but she ended up moving out and, and we were that close, but she moved out before the whole, the whole process, but it, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty landlord friendly in Michigan. And do, do you attribute that success to your, your background in management and just kind of knowing the, the ins and outs and understanding the ebb and flow of this, this type of work? Uh, you mean with the with the tenant moving out or with in with your overall success having this many units oh. this period of time it, it's it's an yeah. anomaly to hear you haven't had to yeah. evict anybody yet uh, were you relying on some of your management experience to have that success for for sure yeah no that and um here's the reason why because we're still small so my wife and I'll do certain things but we tell each other when we hire an employee we are not going to do that anymore so we are able to be very, very hands-on. We are at the buildings. We can control a lot more. Um, you know, if we had 500 units, you just can't be that hands-on. And I wouldn't want to be. So once we grow and we get to a, a, a you know, a, a bigger unit count, we're going to have evictions and, and things are going to happen because it's just the way it is, but we're not going to be in the business every second of our lives. Right. So that's kind of going to be the the trade off, but um, but that's why I think it's because we're so hands on and we're we're able to. My wife does all the showings, um, you know. So we're we're every single aspect of the biz, the business uh, we handle. So you know we we do the the uh, you know we don't personally do the credit checks. We use Buildium um, that that does the the background checks and all that. But you know my wife's digging into the paycheck stubs. Um, believe me, she's great at it. Some things don't make sense. They all the time. And where sometimes you might have stuff like that slipping through the cracks, it does not with my wife. Um, and she'll continue to ask questions. Hey, we need to see this. Can you verify this? And, and, and she does a great job at it. So that's why, that's what I attribute it to. But, um, when we do scale there, you, you know, we'll, we'll have some more things, some more evictions and things like that. So at this stage, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on the market as we, we forge ahead? Is, is there anything in particular that you're, uh, that you're drawn to or you think you want to hedge away from? Uh, any, any drastic changes on the, on the frontier here as we move into the next year or two? No, I, I don't, uh, not to me, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I always want to be buying. Um, no matter what, that's, that's kind of what I've, I've trained myself for to always be buying no matter what. Now I, I, I know that, you know, 2008, nine and 10, what happened? And I'm leery of that. And I'm a little fearful of that, but I remember in 2002. So in my market, these are really nice houses. We're selling for $25,000 um, in 2009 and 10, right? These foreclosures. Um, now they're selling for like 180,000, right? So my friends in these real estate groups in 2016, I'm going to these real estate groups and they're like, how much are you spending on a house? I said, 65,000. They go, you're crazy. 
I would never buy a house for $65,000. I was paying $25,000. I'm going to wait until the market crashes in 2016. They're telling me this. So, and guess what? <laughs> you know what I mean? It hasn't crashed. Will it eventually? I, something's going to happen, right? I mean, but I don't want to be that guy in 2016 sitting there going, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to hang back, man. You know, I, I got to be buying and, um, but, it, but I got to be buying in a safe way that if something does happen, um, that I'm not out on a limb. And that's something I talked to with my friend too. And he's like, I, I know how you guys buy. I, I see what you do. And, and I know you guys are doing things safely. Um, you know, and I tell him, yeah, the reason, one of the reasons we're being safe and we've been safe through our career is because we had no money. <laughs> you have no, you know, when you have a lot of money, you can go out and make dumb decisions. Right. So, and, and uh, and he laughed at it and he, and he, he said the same thing, you know, that's how he started too. He didn't have a lot of money. He couldn't make dumb decisions, but, uh, um, but yeah, that's, we, we want to continue to be buying no matter what happens, I guess, um, is the goal. So in order to, to time the market, I, I don't believe yeah. that there's any, any such thing as actually timing the market, as, you, as you're saying, yeah. Uh, you have to be in it. You've got to be buying and building a portfolio through a number of different phases of the market. It's the only way to be balanced. Uh, and and what people are going to find is if you, you sit back and you try and wait to time the market, you haven't established the connections. You haven't built a track record. You don't have a resume. You don't have those banking connections. Uh, and the people that do are the ones that are going to be able to strike and strike with precision in those opportunities. So I, I agree. It's, it's especially now we're at a moment in time where inflation is starting to drive numbers up. Rates are still low. Like this is kid in the candy store time. As far as I'm concerned for real estate, this is a great time to be buying. Um, I noticed that uh, on your site, uh, Warrington Capital, you're looking towards syndications in the future. Before I let you go, could you just spend a minute or two talking about what the the idea is, what type of assets you're looking for there? Yeah, we are, um, you know, we, we've always had the, uh, in 2017, right, we we said we're getting into apartment buildings. And then it, at some point there too, we said, we're going to syndicate. And that's what we're doing. We're going forward. We're going to syndicate. I, I believe it was after we bought our 20 unit full steam ahead. Right. And um, it just, it just wasn't working. We weren't, we weren't getting deal flow. We weren't committed to analyzing, you know, 20 properties, uh, 20 deals a week, things like that. We, we had a great team of people that were capable of doing it, but just not something I love doing either underwriting. And, and so it, it just didn't work. So what my wife and I said was, why don't we go back to what got us here? Um, and that was like playing small ball, right? If you will, like single families is how we got started. So we said, well, let's just take what the market will give us. We bought an 11 unit. Uh, we bought a eight unit then after that. And that's kind of what we got back to. But now the point being, I think we need to play on a, on a bigger plane because I know that will elevate us as investors um, syndicating, and it's something I want. I want to do. Um, we have a lot of people that are interested in investing with us, and we've always, you know, just bought our own stuff. Maybe fifty thousand here or there on a, on a property we would we would take. Um, but it, it's something we want to do. It's something we want to elevate our, uh, you know, just just raise our playing field. So 
Um, what we're looking for, we don't want to self-manage for sure. We're looking at hundred units or more. Um, we want a third-party management. The great thing is, you know, with my construction background, I, I took a 12 unit from burn down. I, I was there when the fire was actually, the building caught fire. I put it back together. Um, you know, I, I've rehabbed over a hundred houses and apartments. So we have that construction background. Um, so as asset managers, that's going to be our, our big, uh, our big piece of the puzzle is what we want to do is, uh, yeah. the asset managers. And, um, but again, we don't want to manage it ourselves. Um, we're, we want, we want our first building to be in, in Michigan, uh, the lower half of Michigan and, um, a hundred units or more we're looking for, um, but, but yeah, that, that's about it. And again, we haven't put the, you know, I, I want to bring some people on um, that have some stronger skill sets than me. I, I mean, listen, if I could find somebody that's like, Hey, I love, I love underwriting. I mean, <laughs> throw me as many deals as you can find. And I'll, uh, yeah, yeah. Bring them to me. I love numbers and I love that. That'd be great. So I'm, I'm just looking for some things like that. Um, key principle. Um, I'm looking for a key principle. I, I have some people I could reach out to that, but I'm, still kind of putting this together. That's my goal. It's early January. Um, I, because I, I need the net worth. I, I have the net worth. Um, I have a net worth, let's put it that way. But if we're looking at hundred units in my market, we're going to be around $8 million, right? So I need someone with an $8 million net worth or, or six, um, with mine and, um, in someone with the, with the liquidity. So that's kind of what we're looking for. Um, is to just kind of put some pieces together. Some, some people are going to have fun with doing this uh, together. And then uh, just really putting something together that we can be proud of and we can take to people and, and, and really help them grow too. Because I get so many people that say, because I got a YouTube channel, I got an Instagram, you know, and, and what I do is I take videos and I show people, hey, here's some of the crap we're going through or we've gone through. Here's how we got through it. Because there's so many um, podcasts and different things out there about how to grow, how to buy a single family, how to buy an apartment. Well, that's great. But what happens when you buy one, right? Yeah. What kind of LVP are you going to use? What kind of master key systems are you going to use? What in it? That's kind of my space, right? I, I like to do that. Like, okay, you bought it. Here's what now. And, um, so I, but I get people that watch that stuff and come to me and go, Hey man, I want to invest in real estate, but I don't want to do all that bullshit you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, hundred percent agree. Um, so that's kind of what we want to do. Hey, come with us. You can invest passively and, um, you know, let us handle all that bull crap. Cause we're pretty good at it now. Yeah. And, and you, that's where you win the deal, by the way, the, of course the strike price and all of the, the, the big mm-hmm. ticket things are of course critical. And if you, if you don't hit, hit it right from, from the get, the deal is going to be difficult. So let's assume that that we all have enough experience and sophistication to understand where that should, where deals should trade. It's the little things, those micro efficiencies that you make in the running of the deal that make all the difference in the world, especially when you start getting into two, three, 500, a thousand units. If you can make an adjustment here or you could tweak something there that leads to even a couple of bucks a month in additional revenue. When you carry that out over a big portfolio, man, it, you're, you're talking real money, you know, big time yeah. stuff. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then, and, and, you know, um, just what we've been able to do with uh, lowering expenses too. I heard, I heard uh, somebody say like, you know, for every dollar you raise in income, right. There's still costs uh, associated with that. But when you can cut a dollar off your expenses, I mean, that's a dollar saved. So, um, you know, it, it just, it, it is important. It, it's fun now to look at these three buildings, how we've operated them, where we've been able to save some money and, uh, and go from there. That's great. Uh, what, what's the best place for folks to find you, Grant? Instagram. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's at Grant Warrington. There's no other, there, there's some other accounts out there. Those are not me. So it's at Grant Warrington. You can find me on YouTube. Uh, I, I hope you love some of the videos I put up there. Uh, that's Grant Warrington. Just on YouTube. And um, I'm on TikTok too. If, if you want to see some videos there, Grant Warrington on TikTok. And then uh, my website's grantgwarrington.com, grantgwarrington.com. And if you're uh, looking to buy or sell a home in Southeast Michigan, if you're looking to invest with me, or you want to have a 30-minute phone call, I got that opportunity on there too. Same on Instagram, uh, the link's in my bio. Uh, you can schedule a, a phone call free, 30 minutes. We can BS. It's, you know, my whole goal is maybe I can help you, um, you know, your listeners get unstuck in real estate if there's something they need to talk through, work through. Um, and the best part is it's, it's free. So even if I get bad, uh, if you don't find it helpful, it's free. So this is, this has been a great chat. Really appreciate it. As always, folks, you can find all the links, everything Grant's talking about below, uh, folks, we're having a hell of a time with this podcast. We're really having some fun. We hope the audience is enjoying it, uh, as much as we are putting it together. So as always, everyone out there, please stay safe.